Uh, my name is Tim Will. I I was born in Yakima in the 80s. I was taken out of Yakima to a smaller farm town, basically to get raised to where I wouldn't get in gangs or, or anything like that. And did most of my growing up fishing, hiking, dirt bike riding. Going through the hills of the Simcoe's that stretch from Goldendale to Yakima a good 80 miles and encountered quite a quite a bit of animals, messed with rattlesnakes growing up and whatnot, and seen lots of coyote deer, encountered cougars, and pretty much knew all the wildlife that Washington has. So I so I thought and Till I actually moved from there to the city of Vancouver, worked there for a while as a waiter and knew the woods, started knowing the city and actually came up to the Seattle area, South Seattle area, Graham, Renton, Kent, and Tacoma, whatnot, and started working up here for quite a while. And one time I landed a job at this burger joint and I, I lived a little ways up past the burger joint where this swampy area had basically was and had to walk at the time didn't have a car so I hadn't washed my clothes from Burger King one night <clears throat> I walked in the work as normal it was 4 a.m. Sunday morning no cars out as just as still could be some fog in there i'm just thinking to myself i'm walking normal walk to work and i got i got stunned with fear from this immense grunt to the left of me four lanes of traffic there's a swamp that stretches a good 50 yards or so and then it kind of condenses but stretches 30 yards out from where this thing was grunting at me at the time it was it stunned me it, it broke my brain of what that particular animal could be all all this information is flooding through my head of what is this what what could it possibly be it's not a cougar it's not an elk it's not a deer it's not a bear it's not anything i know of any sound that could vocalize it was more of a gorilla and this this whole time this thing's still grunting at me and my mind is broke i'm paralyzed with fear and i i know not to stare at a predator of this magnitude you don't you don't challenge it any way you don't try to be the mouse with it being the cat you you go into a strategic thought of what what do I do and my my thought and all all my thinking is it come to the end of I'm I'm dead I'm just gonna be a missing person case is in my mind is it's over and this thing's still grunting at me and I'm I'm thinking what do I do what do I do and and I, and it, I started hearing the tree shake and I thought it was shaking the tree to try to get me out of its area. 
and is grunting at me. I, I'll try to make the grunt, but I, I doubt I'll come even that close to it. it it's just immense, but it was a... <clears throat> but it, it, it wow. shook you. It, it shakes your chest. And I'm still froze. What do I do? As it's shaking the tree, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking it's shaking the tree, but it, it was actually starting to climb. And and I'm still froze with fear. I want to run, but I, I can't. And it and my mind's broke and I'm still trying to pin what this animal is. Because it's not a bear. Bears they don't they they can make close to that sound, but it's not a thousand pound plus animal being able to four lanes of traffic being able to rattle your chest. The, the bear can't do that. And and my mind's still broke. I'm I'm thinking it's I don't know what to even think at that point. And fight or flight still kicking in. And luckily I you know, I always thought how I would handle myself in that situation and luckily I didn't soil myself or anything like that. You know, I was able to be strong enough to just go into fight mode. <clears throat> and it was shaking the tree. I thought it was shaking the tree, but this swamp is a good four feet deep and the mud is like quicksand underneath it. And it stretches a good 30 yards out from where this creature is there's a large body of it on both sides so it's not going to go around and it had made one splash with its foot and then I'm hearing the branches crunch beneath its sheer weight as it's walking after it cleared this 30 yard swamp and I'm still froze on the sidewalk at that point and I'm still thinking what I'd do and it went silent like it had crouched down and it was watching me at that point well it, it wanted to get away from me so i obviously have to get away from it and i'm i started walking and there's a there wasn't any light through there there was a street light up above around the bend that i could see and i'm thinking to myself all i could do is clench my fists and walk so i'm walking pretty slowly took me quite a while to get that first step but i'm walking and i'm getting closer and closer to the light and as soon as i get close enough to sprint i just let it all out and sprint into the light and jump back thinking it was going to be right there and i was going to be still dead and it wasn't there and i i seen this car coming up and seen some normalcy more normal than what had just happened and it almost broke my brain again and and i dropped to my knees and started bawling couldn't control it it was like a, a reality came back and i broke again and after i had passed i had got up again, collected myself because this thing's still over here, and I I just walked to work, and the whole time I'm thinking, okay, what had just happened, and my brain's just going through all this thought process 
to the point where I was stunned for days. People would talk to me. I wouldn't be able to really register at work. And it'd take a while for their words to, to make sense in my mind, and I'd be able to respond to them. And just like shell shock for a little while after that. And I thought to myself, I have to find out what this was, what this, what was out there. And all my knowledge, I'm thinking it's got to, it, I, I have to be able to explain it to myself what had, had, had happened. So I contacted the zoos around here, even though I know they don't have gorillas and felt funny calling them and they kind of seemed like it was a prank, but or took me for crazy, what have you, and that got nowhere. I, I, I went as far as calling the FBI. Of course, you know how that phone call would go. Is like, yeah. So I had to, I had to find, um, find out, and went as far as trying to contact. Uh, from what I, my little knowledge of being in the, uh, the Bigfoot, you know mind or type you know so i contacted multiple people and reached out to the bfro talked to them that didn't really go anywhere i talked to tom biscardi he wanted me on his radio show that didn't really go pan out or do anything i haven't done anything with that but i've talked to him multiple times just trying to get kind of trying to find out what that was what like and maybe even get a team but that's even like i don't know about all that me being married and working full-time i really don't have too much time for that but and so just basically just had that encounter and till this day can't explain it no known animal that's you know, like documented like or observed by state so yeah yeah a lot of times when things like this happen to people um you know a lot of it doesn't really make sense until you add you know bigfoot into the equation and then things kind of fall into place after that i mean d does that sound fair to say yeah i mean that uh, what other possibility could there be there's nothing i've uh, encountered like that ever yeah uh, i mean i even getting lost i've been lost out in the simcoe's climbing many mountain like hills out there and I, i've lived in washington all my life and never encountered thousand plus creature that grunts at you with such immense force that it rattles your ribcage yeah from four lanes traffic i mean what animal does that I don't know what it discharged, but I could feel the rattling. Are you familiar with with infrasound? I mean, some animals and uh, do use it as a as a hunting tool. Um, but it, speculation is, and, and it's more than likely true, is that Sasquatch and Bigfoot uh, have the ability to produce infrasound. Are, are you are you familiar with with infrasound? Yeah, I have a little bit of knowledge of frequency and vibration. Yeah. Um. um molecular structure of anything really yeah do, do you think that that had something to do with um you know the, the way that the grunts kind of made you feel because from what i like from what you, we've talked about and for the listeners we, we kind of talked before 
before we started recording here and, and Tim was kind of filling me in on, on how the, the grunt really kind of made him feel. And it, it was very, very similar to what I experienced when uh, we had that clump of mud thrown at us. Uh, I don't remember what episode that was, but uh, I, I did get into that on one of the shows. Um, but would it, did it feel like it was like your whole body just stopped working? Yeah, it was a, a mental, uh, it felt like a mental shutdown and you're, you want to move, but you really can't. It's almost like a fear trigger, but even though you're not in flight mode or fight mode, you're just stopped, basically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, that's exactly what it felt like to me as well. I mean, when this thing grunted at me, uh, I, I couldn't lift my feet, even though I, I knew, I, I really wasn't aware of the rest of my body. I, I really don't know how to make, how to explain it, but it was the weirdest feeling I've ever felt in my life. And when this thing, you could feel it through your, the vibration go through your entire body, but you can't yeah, really do anything like about more it. Of the, more of my mid chest and then vibrate it out like a direct direct from the chest out i i know what you're saying yeah but it it was a i've been told that too that i've got i got zapped i was like i got zapped and they were like yeah they have a frequency that can zap you and actually paralyze you momentarily yeah or evading pursuit like type thing or even hunting so how like when you went along with your day i mean how long did it take you to let me i mean you mentioned that you did have a little breakdown and you did did cry a bit but i mean did you did you try to continue on your day as 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 per normal like afterwards as normal as i could i wanted normal after that incident It, it wasn't i wanted normal but i couldn't find it i guess you could say i was i was stunned i i that was like it was everything almost seemed dreamy like for about a week after and i don't know what that was all about and it almost like broke my fear like because now after that incident is I, I was pretty pretty tough before that i guess you could say but after that i don't i don't have fear my fear button broke if if there is even such thing like that but interesting i've never ever had anybody explain you know after their encounter especially an infrasound encounter um which which i think you did have um explain it that way like where you just kind of uh let go of, of everything else i mean did that take quite a while afterwards like was it a few weeks a few months oh it's it was dreamy like for about a week after but yeah the you never get over something like that kind of thing um where you feel like you're 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 gone you know you you come to terms with death when you encounter something like that you what else is there there's it's it breaks your brain really it does in a way and then you want to find out what it was knowing knowing the background of animals and in washington state and surroundings and whatnot 
And I've also explained the this this feeling of being called back. If it I feel like I, I'm called back there for some reason. And I've talked to some other people and they they explain that uh, sometimes they invite you. I don't know how sound that is, but that would uh, that's and have you gone back? I've gone back. I I went back in a wrong way one time uh, with my with my pit bull. It was it was two weeks after that. I, I had my Ruger P ninety forty five ACP with ninety pound female pit. And I put on a spike collar leash. I, I figured I'm gonna go back there and look for some footprints or hair or something I can like identify and have some evidence before I start talking to people about this. I I kept it quiet to myself until I slowly let it out to family members, but figured I'd walk my pit down there and I'd be protected. You know, I went in probably 15 feet into the brush these things these these creatures frequent this area it's lots of salmon berries in a salmon berry time and the body of waters basically that and an easy pathway through the suburbia of the south seattle area and i walked in there with my pit thinking that okay i'm super protected and i'm going to go in there and i go in 15 feet and I've never seen my pit's hair on her backs, and she's fearless over her. She's she led me in a complete circle, smelling up in the air and all over the place. She's alerting on all on me. At this point, I'm thinking, what you know, and that that feeling you get when somebody's watching you. Everyone knows that that particular feeling, especially if they stare at you long. You know, you can just turn back on and see them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Looking at you, you feel it. Well, I'm feeling this from all angles. All angles of the, er the area that I'm in. And my dog's still leading me in a circle. And I actually feared for her life, so I got out of there. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I just do? What am I stupid, you know? Try to go again, the creature. I mean, even if I was to shoot it, I think I'd just make it mad. So I was just like, went in there wrong. And the whole time I went back to my house, I'm thinking I went in there wrong. And I, I never tried the aggressive approach after that. I mean. Do you think it was watching you that day? I, I believe it, it was territorial over that area. Yeah. It, it, this area funnels them in from basically the, the foothills, if not the mountain of Rainier, and comes into the suburbs. And there's only a couple roads they would have to cross to actually get into this particular area. And then being after learning more about them as a couple years went by, you know, I I started getting more uh, intelligent to what had happened and what occurred. I even uh, looked it up on a map and started 
almost obsessing of why and how I encountered it in a populated area of that kind of creature, you know. So all I could really turn to is Bigfoot. There, there are different varieties of them, and and in all my mind, I mean, why wouldn't a uh, super intelligent, very much evolved uh, bipedal creature live in in our forest area that could definitely supply them with food and habitat. So all my mind go to is definitely a Bigfoot. Yeah, and and their behavior is a little bit odd, especially like you'd mentioned that you were near a highway. I mean, it's very weird that they would come, you know, that close to an urban area the way that it did, and especially come into contact with a person. Um, why do you think it was so close? I mean, is it, do you think it's, they're thinking they're still safe or, or what do you think about that? Uh, I think it, I had, we had just ran into each other, to tell you the truth. And I think it was traveling through the, the body of water. It's a swamp, swampy area that stretches and has multiple different, uh, watershed, bigger bodies of water. Um, that basically the public is not supposed to go to because it's a natural area. So they, people don't really go to those bodies of water. So it's it's a perfect perfect uh, layout for them to come in close, them being curious creatures. And what strikes me as odd is a, a school ground at the actual uh, end of the swampy area. And, and I started hearing about um, them being uh, curious of schoolyards and kids and just the sound of that. So they, they may even come into that area in the daytime. I mean, I've I've walked through that trail in the in the daytime and definitely have seen uh, traces of them. There's almost a foot across a tree, way over a half foot, but almost a foot. And that thing is twisted to where it had snapped apart instead of, I, I grew up logging a lot of my years and know what to look for in how the tree broke, if it was cut by an axe or a saw. This thing is snapped by sheer force of taking each end and twisting it where it had splintered. And I'm like, in, in amazement, I, I didn't find any uh, footprints that time or even uh, scat of them, but definitely signs of them through that trail area. Yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely sounds like it, you guys just kind of just bumped into each other, so to speak, uh, when you were on your way to work. I mean, for the listeners, um, Tim was going to work at, did you say 4 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, 4 a.m., Sunday morning, I was, I was walking to work. And it was it was a, a silent, non-wind. It, it was still with a little bit of fog, not too foggy, just kind of hazy. And it wasn't lit through that area. I'm I'm walking on the sidewalk, and shoes I was wearing. I'm not making that much noise. I'm a pretty silent walker. I think we just basically had stumbled stumbled across them. I, I hear a lot about of them smelling uh, human scent, but 
I was wearing uh, a burger joint clothes like that I hadn't washed, so I I literally smelled like hamburger. Um, I think that's a, a one way that we just happen to stumble across each other. I, I smelt like a hamburger, didn't smell human, and and by the time it had seen me, it was it was too late. It was trapped in between this body of water, per se, and a swamp area that stretched a good thirty yards and at least thirty on both sides or more. So it was in in between that. So it's got a body of water to its escape to the forest, and then there's four lanes of traffic, and then me on the sidewalk. Um, yeah, and you mentioned it, it went up into the tree. Like, do you think that was to um, get away from you, I, I guess? Yeah, it's, it, after I had grunted and I, I didn't move, in my, in my mind, as I replayed how it, it had climbed the tree and jumped to get away. It it was gaining getting distance away from me, and because I wasn't moving, I was paralyzed with fear. I mean, it could have killed me, and it almost feels that calling back. It it almost feels like it uh, amends the the startlement. If that sounds, I don't know. It's the calling back thing feeling called back feel like it uh i don't know it's a weird feeling yeah after having that experience but um yeah and then it, once it hit the ground after it jumped out of the tree now you mentioned it, it it crouched down and was basically just staring at you from a distance to make kind of make sure that you were you weren't going to get too close and follow up you know with uh you know to to see what was going on uh, how how long do you think that that standoff was kind of lasting? Like I I mean I know you mentioned that you were kind of st- stunned in fear, but how long do you think that that yeah. little that little standoff between you two kind of lasted? I I would be God even to be able to tell time when that that kind of thing happened, but I would have to put my best guess. I would. Gosh, maybe five minutes, if oh. that, oh, something wow. like that. We were pretty standoffish at first when it was grunting at me. It it, it was increasing its vocalization rather than just a normal, but no beating of the chest. And I would say the grunt, gosh, that he had to put off like, hmm. I'd be safe to say at least 20 good grunts at me. And and we were both deadlocked. I wouldn't I wasn't moving and this thing was grunting. And each grunt was rattling my chest and my brain was just kind of thinking fight or flight, you know, and it was broke on what was actually occurring knowing animals i mean that's nothing that that is um observed on a lot there's a other people who've encountered them and there's been quite a few um i-90 uh road cameras and dot cameras that have been catching them lately 
that's pretty interesting but they they definitely definitely migrate through here and i think they just have to go a lot of times where the food is i mean it's a good salmon berry stretch there's salmon berries galore through that swamp area that that basically funnels them in from the foothills so yeah yeah now, you mentioned that you're familiar with animals in the woods and, and whatnot, but I want to ask, like, what did you think about Bigfoot before all of this happened to you? I mean, what was your thoughts on it? Like, did you know they existed? Did you care if they existed? What what, what did you think before this? Well, my my thoughts on that was I I was skeptical, to tell you the truth. I mean, you, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, but until you actually um, encounter it, I, I, it was almost, almost like, okay, uh, let me think of a good example. Um, you have to be skeptical of it. Um, you're going to Bigfoot. I mean, it, knowing all the animals in Washington, it's not, um, looked upon as like one of the animals that exists. There was basically uh years back in the uh fishing and hunting pamphlet there was actually at the back of the book under endangered species that uh, killing of a bigfoot is a felony and uh, up to so many years in prison and a good fine i guess they removed that from the fishing pamphlet fishing and hunting so i hear but it, it was at once recognized, so I had had a fragment of my mind that the possibility of them being real, but until you encounter it, yeah, I was I was skeptical, really. Yeah, I, I'm not wasn't a I like I I had twenty percent chance of it being real in my mind, you know, but because until you encounter it. You're really skeptical. You're curious, but skeptical. Yeah, yeah. And after you encounter it, you you know, and then you have to you switch from skeptical and curious to uh, trying to prove it, because at that point you tell family members, and they they want to believe you and they believe you out of love, but they don't fully believe you and you can see it but you just gotta let that go <laughs> yes i know and, what you're talking about yes <laughs> yeah and just carry on from there so after that i i've spent many years thinking about proving it and trying to get people together to um maybe maybe do something with it if, if i know this area and and instead of uh like just likes and and wants and ratings and whatnot and actually um, maybe do a a live thing at a, at a nighttime at this particular area have an encounter but to tell you the truth i after my encounter i it's pretty scary like you'd have to sign a waiver i cannot uh uh guarantee that you will come out alive type scary you know i that's type of encounter it was i i thought for sure i was just going to be a missing person case but uh, switch from uh aggressive type thinking 
of them to a, a respect as well. After a while, I started thinking, okay, this thing spared my life. I could have easily been gone. So then you come to a protection thought over them. You'd rather protect them than, than get evidence by taking one out. And if it spared my life, you got, I, I give respect, you know? Yeah. That's a really interesting way to look at it. You know, it's, I think that's the first time I've heard that um, since I've started the podcast. Is uh, you know the respect because they 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 do have the ability to to take you out if they want to. I mean, you're you're alive basically from your encounter because it chose to to leave you alone. And I don't know. You know, I don't think a lot of people really fully understand that that aspect of it. If you enter the woods unarmed or 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 with bad intentions, you know be prepared to to deal with the consequences of that thinking so yeah that's what a great way to look at it like yeah i've never thought of it that way yeah it's like um i that you almost you come to that conclusion it 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 spared me because i I was definitely definitely the ant to the boot That's another good way to look at it. <laughs> oh, geez. So it's it, it would be fair to say, like, no, I normally ask my guests this question is, you know, how has your encounter changed you? Uh, but, I, but I think it, it did have some very significant effects on you. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's definitely fair to say. Um, before uh, that encounter, I would... I'd probably probably look to aggression after them, but after that encounter, now they're extremely intelligent and they they're they can be very humble and um, forgiving at times, even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For I sure. encountered his area at that time, not not him encountering mine. This is the, what I the feeling I had. Yeah, that's another another great way to look at it. I mean, the the woods basically belong to them, and and we we're just guests when we go into them. So, you know, I, I, that's what I I truly believe that the forest is their home, not ours. Definitely, they definitely know. All I gotta say is they they know the minute you take a foot into the woods that you are taking a foot in there where you are before you even would even know that they're in there. And they're very, very agile, even though for their size, they can climb trees and clear distances to unfathomable. Like, if it can climb a 20-foot tree and clear a 30-foot swamp, imagine it in an actual tree. Yeah. It's gone before you would ever know it's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very stealthy, very, very quick. And uh, I think the grunts... In, in your case, I think the grunts were more of a, a warning to, you know, get out of here type of thing. So, you know. yeah. I'm not saying they would travel through tree like that, but if they had to, it's or just climb it with ease and sit there. Well, but, I, I do think that they do. Yeah. They do traverse through the woods through trees. I really do think that they stay above ground sometimes. Not all the time, obviously, but I do think that that's another means of, of getting around for them. Yeah, I mean, it's just another theory that uh, no way to, uh, I could be talking yeah. out of my ass, but, you know, it's just something I think that they do, they do utilize it. I mean, yeah, it definitely changed my perspective of uh, the the woods. Like before, 
I could go in and, you know, have my sidearm on my hip and feel fine. Now it's, um, it's a little unnerving, uh, especially by yourself. Like, you, you know, they're out there then, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, Tim, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time tonight to come on the show and tell us about this experience. You know, I don't get very many uh, quote-unquote frightening encounters, and it's kind of nice to actually hear one. <laughs> I don't mean to poke fun at your experience, but, you know, it's just it's another aspect of the, these creatures' behavior that really, really kind of helps me learn a little bit more. I mean, it climbed a tree to jump further from you i mean that, that has to say something about its intelligence so and you know it, it definitely used fear to try to dissuade you from coming any closer to it so th there's a lot of things that are kind of uh in play when with with just your encounter alone here so thank you so much you're welcome yeah they they yeah it was uh quite interesting how it how it could do that i mean it had every every uh, capability of taking me out, but it it decided to jump away and huddle down. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I gotta ask you one one last thing before I let you go, Tim, because I think everybody'd be pretty mad at me if I didn't. But what did the FBI say to you? And did they did you get a visit from anybody? I didn't get a visit, but they did have me hold on. I and he. He asked me a couple questions, but then let it go as that and kind of laughed it off. Like it, like it, he almost put me through um, cognitive sense uh, question before he laughed it off and let it go. Oh, okay, okay. How that went? It didn't. He he didn't go into any kind of investigation or any visit, but. I, I was telling myself I should have never called them afterwards. Too. <laughs> well, you know what? I think they probably did create a file on it somewhere, but yeah, whether it goes anywhere, I doubt it. I don't think you're going to get a visit from uh, from any of the government officials, you know, basically telling you to shut up type of thing. So I think you're good. Yeah, yeah. That, that just that just goes into uh, um, being worried about all that isn't isn't worth it. I just uh, plan on exploring in the future, seeing seeing what might take me to, you know, yeah. in that particular area. Well, Tim, thank you so much again. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time tonight to come on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to close out the show. Stay there. And we're back, everyone. We are back to pull the pin on this one. But before we do that, we got to give a huge thank you to Tim for taking the time to come on the show today. Um, what an interesting encounter. I mean, I mean, first of all, let's go right to the to such close urban setting. Um, how do these creatures? Well, I guess a better question is why would these creatures venture so close to the city? You know, so close to such uh, populated areas like. That's one part of the one aspect of these creatures I just don't understand. You know, I mean, there's, you know, is it some kind of um, initiation, so to speak? You know, like one Sasquatch is kind of, you know, goading on the other one to go closer and closer, uh, or or is it out of 
out of need? I mean, are they are they scrounging for food, that sort of thing? Like, I mean, wow, I I never really, I, I haven't heard many accounts of, of, you know, these creatures getting so close to urban areas. And I'd love to hear more. So for anyone listening who's had an encounter close to a, a city center, or not a city center, but an urban area, you know, and by urban, you know, I mean closer to a city or, or a small town, that, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, let me know. Get in touch with me. Uh, NicolaValleyBigfoot at gmail.com. Um, but I do think that Tim was, in fact, hit with some infrasound. I mean, just from the description that he gave us, it really sounded like, um, well, to put it plainly, like it sounded like something I experienced when, when uh, I was kind of hit with something. It's just hard to describe even now. Um, but I, I do believe that Tim experienced some infrasound and, uh, that's, uh, why he became frozen like that, I suppose. And, and it's interesting that it used that method to kind of ward Tim away from him. Do, do you know what I mean? Like he, it kind of used that infrasound to, to get Tim away from him, even though, you know, technically it could have just waited in the wings, so to speak, and just kind of, uh, leave after Tim had already walked by, you know, four in the morning. Uh, it's still pretty dark. Um, so yeah, it had the opportunity, but for some reason, you know, it was close to the city center, or it was close to an urban area, and, you know, it, it made itself known. So very, very interesting behavior from these creatures that I still don't fully understand. Um, but if you guys have had any encounters like that, just get in touch with me. I'd love to hear more about it because, you know, the more I hear from from people's experiences, especially an experience like Tim's where it was so close to you know a, a, an urban setting i i don't know what the, the, every time I, I hear a new story it you know it, it just adds another layer of learning that I, I have to get through so here we are so get in touch with me nicolabellybigfoot at gmail.com if you've experienced any other type of uh, behavior like this i'd love to hear from you guys uh so i want to say to everybody out there listening it, it is the holiday season it's very difficult for me right now to get into the christmas spirit just with everything that's been kind of going on around here lately uh, in British Columbia. Uh, it's very difficult to move past, you know, the devastation we've just been through and, you know, it just all that effects. But I'm really, really trying my darndest. So I, I want to take a moment to say Merry Christmas to every one of you guys. I, I love every one of my listeners. And, you know, without you guys, I would not have a podcast. So thank you guys so much. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating in the next couple of days. Enjoy it with your family. I mean, that's all that really matters. So, so until the next one, guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.